Hope's Harbor, Gritty Bible Devotions by David Bradley. God's love, a symbol of His power. Key verses are Luke 10.19, Acts 1.8, and Revelation 5.12. Luke 10.19 Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Acts 1.8 But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Revelation 5.12 Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7 gives us the description of the deepest love, and it takes dynamic power to love like this, even though we have the power of authority to take the first step, and we have the command of Jesus in John 15. John 15, 12, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And in verse 13, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Verse 14, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Now, the Hebrew of this is means it's firm. It's full of force and power. It's strength and substance. By implication, it's valor and victory, power and strength. And this belongs to and comes from God. In the New Testament, the word in the Greek for power, it's force, it's ability, abundance. It can be violence, and it's mighty work. It's the word dynamos, from which we get the word dynamite from. It also, there are definitions of it where it's influence, authority, and having jurisdiction. It's the right to exercise power. This morning, I woke up, and while praying before I got up, God gave me an understanding of His love, how it is the center of His power. I don't know about you, but it was hard for me to make the connection beyond intellect. An issue comes up within the Christian life, and that is we learn something and think at that point we know all about it. But think about this. Knowing intellectually about love isn't the same as being in love. And there is no way to really explain the feelings of being in love. And likewise, I can study the love of God and not know the power of it. Paul even wrote concerning this dilemma in Ephesians 3.17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, verse 18, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, verse 19, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, the devotion focus is God's power toward us is evidence of his love for us. In Ephesians 3.19, Paul writes that his prayer for the Ephesian believers is to know the love of Christ, but then said it passes knowledge. So what did he mean? To start with, the word know in verse 19 also means to feel or experience by feeling. So to experience God's love tells me this requires His power displayed toward me 
or in my behalf. But how do we know when this happens? Listen carefully, because this is where many well-meaning people go off on a tangent, making it all about ascribing feelings as a measure of spiritual maturity. And remember that word faith? This virtue was examined in episode 36, and the way faith affects experiencing God's love through His power requires wisdom and maturity as a Christian. The reason is sometimes, if not most times, we determine if an experience contained God's love as power. I went through a recent experience in August 2021 when I contracted the Delta variant of COVID. I went in the hospital at 3 a.m. and was told by the ER doctor if I had waited to come in, of which I told her was my intention had not my wife convinced me to go at that ungodly hour, I would have been dead by that afternoon. And then that doctor said she was sending me to ICU at another hospital in their network. I asked for how long. She said three to five weeks. Two hours later, I was in ICU and so sick I could no longer walk and couldn't even at that point pray for help. But many others prayed for me, and by God's wisdom and by His will, I left the hospital seven days later. Now, what happened? I don't have any scientific evidence it was God's love I experienced by His healing power. But by faith, I believe that could be the only reason. On a follow-up visit after my discharge, the pulmonary doctor sat viewing side-by-side images of my lungs from when I first came into ICU and later after I got out. He leaned back in his chair, looked at me, pointing to the images, which I could also see, and said my recovery at that point was nothing less than miraculous. Now hang on, because God's love is constant toward us, but he has the sovereign right to determine the outcome of any Christian's life. I did not survive because I'm more loved than anyone else, and I don't understand why some survive and others die other than God in perfect love chooses the path for each of us, either life or death. And I had a beloved uncle who died from COVID early on in 2020. He was a much better man than me, and I felt a lot of guilt over the fact he died, and yet I didn't. But in Psalm 139.16, we read, Your eyes saw my substance, being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. This psalm is ascribed to David. And he writes that God saw him in the womb and determined at that point every one of his days. The implication is that God approved every day. And if he does this for each one of us, it means God chooses every event or he allows events even if he doesn't approve of the evil involved. Even knowing this verse and the principle involved, I felt guilt for having survived, especially when remembering accounts of children dying because of other diseases like cancer. And I still don't know why God allowed me to live. But I want to impress on you this truth. Just because evil befalls one person and not another, it doesn't mean God loves one more than the other. I really don't like hearing someone giving a testimony of surviving something like cancer, and they say, God was good, he healed me. Do you see the implication? They don't mean it this way. But the implication is everyone who dies of cancer didn't receive God's goodness. 
It's worthy of meditation on that point. Now, in summary, God displays his love through his power, whether to deliver or heal, or whether to leave his child in dire straits or live in chronic pain. He is still good and his love is pure. And in the action to consider, if you want to have a strong enough faith to stand firm when it seems God is withholding his power and not answering your prayers for yourself or a loved one, then you must develop that level of faith. To do this, you must read the Bible stories of God's interaction with his people down through the centuries. And you must think about those stories, meditate on them, keep them in mind throughout the day, and choosing to believe they are true even if you don't understand them. If you will do this, your faith will grow. And it doesn't mean you won't have doubts at times. It means when you doubt, your discipline of Bible study and belief will bring you back from the brink of despair. It's an ongoing choice that you make. Do the work now, and when hard times hit, you'll be better prepared for it. Next week's devotion is again yet to be announced because I just don't know. You've been listening to Hope's Harbor, gritty Bible devotions by David Bradley. To get show notes, visit hopesharbor.net.